Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey guys, this week Luke Southern and I got to speak with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co-creator Kevin Eastman. We got to talk to him about The Last Ronin and some of his favorite parts of the series over the years. This interview is short and sweet, so let's get right into it. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, we're really excited to get to talk to you about this run. Um, starting out, I did just want to talk about uh, The Last Ronin, that whole narrative. Can you talk about how that comes together and how leading up to this, the storylines and everything you've kind of tackled, how that informed the the narrative in going into this story? Yeah, sure. The um, uh, Basically, back in the day when Pete and I were working on the first um, series of issues, Volume 1, we, we just finished issue 11 or we're about to finish issue 11. And so that was the completion of a very large story arc um, that we, we connected. And we were thinking like, where do we, where do we go from here kind of thing? And um, we, we said, well, let's look say 30 years in the future and, and come up with say a, um, an ending, um, a final story, if you will. And then we'll, navigate towards that and so we sketched out this idea set 30 years in the future like i said it was uh we wrote it in 1987 there's about 20 pages of, of stuff basic beginning middle and end and and components and then um that was literally right when uh, the toys kicked off and the and the cartoons started and that, you know just everything all happened and it kept getting put aside put aside put aside and we never completed it um, similarly, in uh, in the IDW universe, Turtle universe, you know, working with the whole team of there, led by Tom Waltz, um, going through, we were coming up on uh, about two years out from wrapping up um, uh, the first hundred issues, and Tom and I would have a lot of chats about, like, well, this has obviously been fantastic. Um, where do we go from here? And I said. You know, I've got the story that Peter and I um, came up with, and I've dusted it off a few times since 1987. And I said, I bet we could uh, take that and adapt it, um, you know, in its own universe, not set in the IDW universe, more specifically set in the original Mirage universe, but sort of that Dark Knight thing where it's sort of within the Turtles multiverse, if you will, um, that everybody calls multiverse now. We've always had multiple turtle universes, um, but set in the turtle universe, but this older, edgier, you know, set in the future universe. And that's where um, uh, those two connected the past and the present. And that's where the story started its um, evolution. Uh, so Tom and I sketched out the concept of um, five issues, um, 40 pages each, oversized, like the original Mirage books, um, you know, both in printing and, and page count, um, what the story would be. And then um, I I then began, much like I did back in the old days with Peter, um, as Peter and I would work together, is we'd do the same approach, and then I'd do the layouts, and that would sort of... Um, reveal the rest of the story um, as the pieces, you know, the page to page, the left, right, the, everything that needed to be done um, choreographed came together through the, through the layouts. And that's, that's how we approach the series. And, and that's um, why there were probably not probably that's why there were a number of delays. It was just a lot of, a lot of work and getting it right. And it was a world that would be, you know, was being created from the ground up. Um, you know, it was a, a, a world that turtles um, it did not exist before we started this series in the turtle universe right on yeah i appreciate to hear that background on that it's like you don't really know what all goes yeah. into it so 
I love to hear that. My uh, my co-host Luke Southern has a question now. Man, um, you know, I grew up with you guys, and I think um, I've seen just about every iteration there are of the turtles. So my question for you would be, um, do you have, is there one iteration that you would say out of everything that's been done, whether you've worked on it or you've only had a hand in it, um, is there one that you might think is the most faithful interpretation um, that you know, you and Peter both dreamed of. Yes, definitely. You know, and, and, you know, to, to set the framework a bit, it, it's, I've loved all of them. Um, some I've liked a lot more, some I've liked a little bit less, but never hated them uh, or anything like that. It was just some, some were more successful than, than others. Um, uh, you know, um, and what's so much fun and exciting when you're working with, um, uh, another creative team or another creative director, whether it be a, a film director like uh, Steve Barron or Kevin Monroe for the 2007 for in the, the individuals or, you know, um, head of a series like uh, the 2012 Nickelodeon series uh, led by Ciro Neely, which uh, is one of my, one of my favorite series, oh, yeah. um, new, the new turtles. Um, but I think, you know, if I looked at all those universes and um, you know, I would say the one, if I had to point to just one that I thought was the perfect representation of all things turtles, I would go to the very first turtle movie, the one that uh, uh, Steve Barron directed, uh, Jim Henson built the costumes and the wonderful and amazing Todd Langdon wrote the story, adapted the story from, you know, the original Mirage comic books, of course. Um, but Todd really put together with Steve, um, uh, put together um, uh, a wonderful version and vision for those characters that was, was uh, pretty perfect. I would say, again, I liked all of them in different forms and different ways. Um, but that was, that was by far the first, that, that was the perfect one. in in my opinion, I watched it last night. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I even have the, uh, I know our video is not being broadcast right now, but I've got the, uh, the NECA holothon, um, or the, uh, sorry, the loot crate. Um, it's like the neon yellow, uh, movie, t uh, long sleeve on right now. I know you've been pretty involved with that toy line lately, so. No, I love that stuff. In fact, you know, it's like, you know, you know from the original Playmates toys all the way up through, but uh, one of the things I, I really adore about the NECA, um, of many things, I'm a big fan of all things NECA, um, and uh, as well as a collector. As you can see, my my shelves are just, you know, and it kind of like a virus that spreads through the entire house. We have just toys and, and comics and stuff everywhere. We're true fans. Um, but the... Uh, uh, not only NECA doing their um, incredible versions of the first movie, you know, they just came out with the Judith Hogue, um, which looks amazing. Oh, yes. Um, but, you know, their sculpting looks like, you know, some of the toys look like they just walked right off the movie screen. And the same with some of the cartoon representations. I feel like, you know, they just walked right off the TV screen and, and, and just, they're just so, so perfect. And it's been great that they've, uh, um, I, I love working with them anyway, um, but it's great that they're doing, um, going back to some of the original Mirage based, um, uh, figures. Well, like yeah. you said, the Holothon of great and those kind of things with Fugitoid and some of the other ones. That's, that to me is, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I would dare to say I'm a bigger geek than you guys. And I love that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, that is totally yeah, fair to it. say <laughs> on that topic, you know, the toys got me into it. They came, you know, it was right around the same time as the original cartoon series. And 
I remember going to Walmart every Saturday when I got allowance with my dad. So my big question now would be, is there one toy that, um, that from that original Playmates line that you got to see come to life that you would say would be your favorite out of all of them? You know, it's, it's a tough question only because I, I did, I actually really um, enjoyed so many different um, iterations, so many different variations that the, uh, um, that Playmates did with the characters, um, uh, um, you know, across multiple universes within, within the, the, uh, those worlds. But um, if I had to point to one or two, I would go specifically to the Star Trek turtles. And I say that because I was a huge <laughs> Star Trek fan when I was a kid. Um, I love Star Trek. So that, you know, having the turtles dressed as, you know, one of my favorite concepts, again, the Star Wars characters um, was, was tippity top of the list. And then uh, they did another version of them as the Universal Studios uh, uh, monsters, yes. which brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, those two stand out as, uh, of, you know, again, many, I, one of my favorite Larger scale one was when they did the the large scale um, android body Krang with the Krang yeah. in it. Oh um, yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, those th- 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 those were those are pretty awesome. Those are hard to beat. Yeah. You know, some fun stuff. Well, Kevin, we really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, wish you a lot of success. Great storylines. Hope we continue to see stories coming, and uh, we're just excited to talk thank to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. No, my pleasure, guys. Calabunga. Calabunga. Uh,